Welcome to the Trumpet Call podcast. I'm your host, John Martin, and today we have a special guest, Susan Fletcher. Uh, Thanks for joining us, Susan. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk to you today. Yeah, I'm excited that you're here. Now, you are officially like the Navigator Historian. I am. I'm the Director of History and Archives for the Navigators. Um, I'm the, the Senior Historian and uh, the lead archivist for the Navigator. So it's exciting to share uh, what I know with you today. Well, yeah, I'm excited to hear it. I, I know there's been hours of research and you've written a book. What was the name of that book again? Uh, well, the I collaborated on a book called Dawson Trotman and His Own Words. Uh, we took several of Dawson Trotman's manuscripts. So we have some of his prayer journals, letters that he wrote, um, some of his Bible studies. So we printed excerpts from those in the book. And then my co-authors and I wrote devotional passages um, about those. So we put those uh, those passages in historical context. And then we challenged modern readers on various topics um, related to prayer and witnessing and the word, um, just helping people apply, uh, apply the past to the present um, and challenging people in their prayer lives. Hmm. Well, if that's not a great segue into, uh, and we'll put that in the show notes so that people can click on the link and order it and uh, check it out. So thanks for doing that. But that's a great segue because today uh, we in the military mission have been praying about Isaiah fifty-eight twelve, which says, those from among you will rebuild the ancient ruins. You will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets in which to dwell. And so we've been thinking about this idea of ancient ruins and getting back to our roots as navigators. So I was wondering, today one of the things that we've thought about characterized these early navigators was that they asked God and asked people for big things. Um, They asked God for big things, and they asked big things of others in the mission. So... Um, we'll, we'll get right to it. The first question uh, for you, Susan, how would you describe the faith of these early navigators? These early navigators had tremendous faith. Um, they believed that God was mighty and all-powerful and that he could do anything. And, you know, I feel, I feel like so often in our modern world, I feel like our faith is so often small because we feel so limited by our circumstances and, you know, what's going on, you know, that we can see in the world. But I feel like these early navigators didn't have those limitations. They just believed that God could do anything. Um, so for instance, Dawson Trotman, um, a little bit later on in his ministry life, he had this world map that he would pray over and And he circled every spot that he felt like God was calling the navigators to. Um, This included the United Kingdom, um, various places in Africa, throughout Europe, um, even into Asia. And on this map, um, when he felt like the Lord was leading the navigators to a certain place, he would draw a dot on the map and circle it and would just pray over that um, continually and all of these years later, it's just so interesting to see how the Lord has answered those prayers and how he's brought um, the fruit of those prayers to life. You know, so for instance, um, 
Dawson Trotman was praying over the country of uh, Singapore. So when Singapore gained its independence, he was praying over Singapore. And, you know, sure enough, Roy Robertson eventually settles um, in Singapore. He was praying over the United Kingdom. You know, eventually, you know, we have a beautiful flourishing ministry in the United Kingdom, various places in Africa. So, you know, as the historian, it's just so neat to like to see the map and to know how hard Dawson was praying and to see just the fruit of those prayers that the Lord has, has brought about. So, you know, Dawson Trotman was a man of great vision, a man of tremendous faith. He believed that God could do anything, and he was expecting to see the results of his prayers. Um, I think that's really, really neat. Wow. That's awesome. Now, as a, it, yeah, that's cool to think about you looking at the map, and you can, you see the map, and then you can, you also know the story. So, you know, connects it you know, sounds like it connected easily in your mind where me, I, you know, I just kind of look at, oh, navigators are, you know, 100 plus countries. That's great. You know, uh, kind of see that backwards. Did Dawson pass on this uh, great faith to the next generation? And if so, how, how, where have you seen that? So Dustin Trotman certainly did pass along this faith to the next generation for sure. So the people who were involved in the early days of the navigator ministry were primarily young men. There were young women involved too, but these people were 18 to 25 um, in the military and the, they grew in their faith um, all throughout the 1930s, especially into the Second World War. I think the Second World War was definitely a time when everyone's faith was challenged and by, you know, catastrophic world circumstances. And I think that that forced such a dependency on God. And after the war, especially going into the 1950s and the 1960s, I think that the faith and the dependence on God that people learned during that time deeply shaped who the navigators were, um, you know, into the future. So, you know, we see in like the late 1940s and the 1950s, we see people on faith going to China to do, um, you know, to do overseas missions, going to Europe. So Dawson would ask, would ask people if they would go overseas and they would say, yes, you know, they were ready for the adventure and they were excited about what God was doing in the world. So he definitely, you know, passed, passed this tremendous faith along. And I think that's still, I think that's still a value of the ministry. Um, you know, this, this expectant faith that we have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of our values, the expectant faith uh, rooted in the promises of God. Uh, what would you say on that? What would you say have been some promises that you've seen uh, you as a historian have seen God lay on the hearts of these men and women in the early days and continue to play out even to today? So I believe it's Isaiah 54 um, that, you know, the verse that talks about enlarge the place of your tents, you know, do not hold back. Um, you will spread out to the right and to the left. Um, that was definitely a promise that Dawson Trotman claimed. Um, and I think that that's a promise that we can see fulfilled for sure. As we look at navigator ministries all over the world, um, you know, I think as Dawson Trotman was thinking about enlarging the place of his tent, he considered the whole world a place where he could enlarge that tent. And, you know, uh, he considered, 
you know, just about every place on the globe is a place that, you know, people who need Christ and people who could disciple others for Christ and carry on that ministry. So that's definitely a verse um, that we can see fulfilled for sure. Another promise verse that meant a lot to both Dawson Trotman and his wife, Lila, was Isaiah 43, 16. Um, this is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the seas, a path through the waters. Um, and they used that verse. They were praying for the Lord to make a way through the seas and a path for the waters by asking the Lord for at least one person on every ship in the United States Navy fleet in the 1930s. And it's just really interesting to see how the Lord accomplished that. Um, as our readers may, or as, as our listeners may know, in the 1930s, the Navigator Ministry started aboard the USS West Virginia. And eventually, during the Second World War, the Trotmans saw the answer to this prayer, because most of the men on the USS West Virginia um, either got out of the service or during the war, they got sent um, to serve aboard other ships in the Navy. And it was through the relational networks that these men had that the Navigator Ministry was passed along. So eventually the Lord did answer those prayers and the Navigator Ministry spread to every ship in the U.S. Navy fleet. It eventually spread to the rest of the branches of the service during the war. So, you know, I feel like that was a really big prayer that the Troutmans were praying. Obviously, they were not expecting or anticipating um, a global total war, but it is interesting to see how God uses um, even circumstances like that to accomplish his will and his purposes. Wow. That is a great passage. That's a great story, Susan. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you. Are there any other stories you think of that really characterize the great faith of these early believers? Yes, there's some stories that characterize the faith of these early believers. When Dawson Trotman would ask people to go places, so from what I've heard in these navigator meetings, people would show up to these meetings, sometimes with their bags packed, expecting to be asked to go places and they would just be ready. Dawson would ask them to go overseas and they would have their bags packed, ready to ready to go overseas. They would show up also potentially expecting to get sent to work for other organizations. So I think one of the interesting things about the early navigators is that, you know, Dustin Troutman was very keenly aware that the Navigators was not the only thing happening in the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. It was his deep desire to train and equip men and women to serve the body of Christ wherever that service was needed, even if that service meant them leaving the Navigators. So people would pretty regularly expect to get sent to work with Wycliffe Bible Translators or the Billy Graham Ministry. And, um, you know, they would also show up with their bags packed ready to go off to those places as well. So I think that that takes a tremendous amount of faith just to be ready and willing to go wherever the Lord calls you to go. Hmm. Yeah, so it, almost some of these big requests were also pretty unifying for the body of Christ because it wasn't like all the requests kind of focused on building up the navigators. They were focused on following following what, what Dawson and others saw the Lord doing. Absolutely. Um, 
you know, I think especially after the Second World War, I think there was such a focus on the spiritual devastation that had happened in both Europe and Asia. And there were so many um, collaborative missions movements. So um, like China Inland Mission sent missionaries to China. Um, you know, the navigators send people over there as well. People are sending missionaries to Europe. So there is a tremendous amount of um, you know, American missionaries going to these places, trying to, um, you know, assist in just the, the devastated spiritual conditions in these places after the war. And, you know, I think that that takes a tremendous amount of fate to be able to go into these really difficult places and um, just be a servant for Christ in those mm. conditions. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Well, I, I sometimes, Susan, just really honestly, I can think, you know, here I am, me and my wife, laboring for the Lord here at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. And, you know, if I ask, if I'm praying about something, I have this idea for a guy or a girl, and it's going to cost them a lot. I can be nervous to ask them that because I think, well, what if it goes wrong? You know, what if, what if it goes wrong? They're going to turn and look at me and be like, John, you, you're the one that told us to do this. How do you, what gave Dawson and others courage to ask such big things without looking back? I think that, I think that Dawson Troutman was a man who didn't really care about what other people thought about him or what he was asking them to do. And I mean, I think that first of all, I think that's just who he was. I think that was a, you know, a character, um, you know, what comprised him as a person, um, when, you know, which is neither, neither good nor bad. I think that's just who he was. And, you know, I feel like, he, I mean, in his mind, he thought that he was telling people what he felt the Lord was telling him. So it wasn't, you know, in his mind, it wasn't Dawson Trotman asking, um, you know, asking, for instance, there is a couple who went to work for Wycliffe Bible translators, you know, in Dawson Trotman's mind, it wasn't him asking them to go to work with Wycliffe. It was, you know, God telling him to ask them. So I think that he just had faith that it, he wasn't making this up and wasn't telling people what to do. You know, he believed that it was God who was making that call. And so I think that that's what gave him that confidence. Hmm. If you could picture Dawson Trotman coming back on the stage now and just uh, come into some of the bases or, or even, you know, and how you've seen it in your uh, in your view, what do you think that Dawson would have any words for us today about um, asking God for big things, asking people to sacrifice greatly? I mean, I think that he would continue to encourage us to do, um, you know, like I said at the beginning of the, the episode, I feel like so often in our modern lives, I feel like we have our expectations set pretty low, you know, it's almost as though we're, I mean, maybe, and maybe this is more true in my own life. You know, sometimes I have my expectations set pretty low and kind of expect the worst. And, you know, maybe this is just a word to myself to like actually expect the all powerful, you know, creator of the universe that when he wants to do something that he can absolutely accomplish that, um, you know, despite my own limited point of view mm. and my own limited resources. So, you know, I think Dawson Trotman would, you know, encourage us to um, just really 
expect big things from God and to, to be hopeful for that. Um, you know, I feel like Dustin Trotman was characterized by such hope and, you know, such a vision for um, God doing amazing things. And I think that he would probably encourage our current military staff to expect the same thing. Man, that's really good, Susan. What might Dawson say to us if we aren't asking people to sacrifice greatly for uh, Christ? Well, I think that Dawson Trotman was, as I mentioned, a pretty intense character. And I think that that was part of who he was. He was not afraid to be very direct with people and very bold. Um, you know, I think if, if we personally are not asking big things for Christ, um, you know, I think that Dawson would would encourage us to just be a little bit bolder and a little bit more direct with people. Hmm. Um, you know, as I mentioned before, I think that that is part of his personality and who he was. Um, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily recommend, you know, every single person listening to this podcast to just be, you know, super direct and intense in what they're asking people to do, obviously, because they're dealing with other human beings. And, you know, there certainly might be there might be different ways to handle different situations, but, you know, I think Dustin Trotman would overall want us to be just a lot more confident and bold in what we're asking. Man, that is great. That's a good challenge. Good spur. It's not, I don't, the God almighty nor Dawson Trotman would expect us all to be Dawson Trotman. But uh, as far as the principle of continuing to ask people to lay down their nets, to follow Jesus wholeheartedly, that, that was something that characterized the ministry back then, and still needs to king characterize the kingdom of God. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Susan. These are great thoughts about the person of Dawson Trotman and this uh, person that God used mightily to found this group that we're all connected with, that we benefited from. Thanks so much for tuning in, all you who are able to do that, and uh, check out Susan's book on the link that's in the show notes. We'll see you next time. Bye.